0: Uh, If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read from verse 8, Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to read from verse 8. Let us pray together as we turn to God's word. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for the anointing of God to be upon the preaching of your word, upon the hearers tonight and everything that your name would be lifted up and glorified in this house. We ask, Lord, for a move of your spirit among us, a stirring of our hearts, Lord, a fresh faith, Lord, in our lives tonight, Lord, to believe God in these days for the supernatural outpouring of your Spirit. Lord, we're asking, Lord, and we're believing that you're faithful. And Lord, we pray tonight, O oh God, even in this meeting, if there's one that does not know you, as their own and personal Savior, that the miracle of the new birth would be a living reality in a life. Lord, we pray, O oh God, tonight for those that are sick in our midst, Lord, that the reality of your healing power Lord, we'll be evident in our in our meeting tonight. Lord, we pray for those that are oppressed, that the reality of your delivering power will be among us tonight. Oh, God, Lord, you're the answer to everything. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would bless everything that's said and done and glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Everyone still with us? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. Says, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundation, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead so many as the stars of the sky in the multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Just verse 11, if you go back into that verse. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged, or that word judge means considered, Considered him faithful who had promised. I want to read that verse again. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in a multitude, and as the sand by, which is by the seashore innumerable. Thank God tonight for faith. If you're saved tonight, the Bible tells us that we have been, it, by the Spirit of God and by the grace of God, faith has been deposited within our heart. It's impossible for any man or woman in this room tonight that is saved, born of the Spirit of God, the miracle of the new birth, not to be born of the Spirit of God without faith. Faith in the heart given by God in order to place that faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ performs a supernatural miracle in that life. It's called the new birth. The Bible tells us with man this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so there's a faith. Every believer, if you're a believer, would you say amen? Amen. Just so I know tonight. You're a Christian tonight. You know you've been born again of the Spirit of the living God. Then by the grace of God, God has put in your life faith to believe Him. The ability to judge him and to consider him who is faithful and to believe God. The Bible tells us, if you turn to it in 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1, Paul is writing to the young servant Timothy, and he writes these words uh, from verse 3 through to verse 7. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers, Night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwell first in grandmother Lewis and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that the same faith that is in them is also in you. Then he says in verse 6, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that I stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul says that faith that is in you, Timothy, that was in your mother and in your grandmother, that same faith. That I believe is in every heart of every believer in this place tonight. Paul says, I want that faith to be stirred up. That simply means, have you ever seen a fire when it's starting just to go down and nearly goes out? And then you begin to put the wind or the fan upon that fire. What happens? That fire begins to stir up again. That's the stirring up of what Paul is speaking of here. A faith in our hearts that begins to be stirred by the power of the Holy Ghost. A faith in God. And I, I do believe, you know, the battle really in these moments of time, in these days in which we're living, is a battle for our faith to believe God for the impossible. Many of us in this room are up against impossible circumstances. Many of us are facing facing the reality of things which are absolutely impossible with man. But tonight, brothers and sisters, it is possible when that faith is stirred in our hearts on the promises that God has given us to put that faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ And the supernatural power of Almighty God comes and we receive the strength that we do not have in our natural man to do that which we cannot do by the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the wind of God. There's a wind blowing. Thank God it's not much, but I need a bit more. But there's a wind blowing just behind me tonight. But I'm talking about a different wind that's blowing into this meeting tonight. It's the wind of the Holy Ghost. It's the power of the Spirit of God. It's God moving by His power in this meeting to stir the hearts of every believer. You might be in that battle as brother David prayed tonight you're in the trial of your life you're going through the great turmoils and difficulties that every believer will face in these final days in which we live but brothers and sisters we need the wind to blow into our hearts and a faith that God has put into our lives to rise up tonight and put that faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Bible says that Sarah considered him that he is faithful and he that has begun the good work he is also the one that will finish it we are in a day where we are often find ourselves or certainly I do like Gideon of old when he said in Judges 6 and 13 oh my Lord if God is for us why then is all this befallen us Why is all this happening? The Bible gives us this promise that God is for His people. Praise the Lord. God's for you tonight, saint of God. God's for you, soldier of Christ tonight. God's for you, woman and man of God tonight. And if God before us, Gideon, asked the question, then why are all these things happening to me? Why are all these things happening in my life? And at this time, where are all the miracles which our Father has told us off? And that is the cry of the hearts of many of saints today. God, where is the supernatural reality of the power of a living Christ? We thank God for the, the showers of the, the mercy drops here and there. And a miracle here and a miracle there. But we're longing for the showers A blessing to flow again in this land. The supernatural power of a living God. Flowing the river of life. The power of the Spirit of the living God. The miracles. The reality. The power. This Christ glorified in this land again. A church revived by the power of the Holy Spirit. A faith that moves mountains. And that's the faith that's in our hearts tonight. God had clearly given Abraham the promise. And if you go back in the Genesis chapter 12, because sometimes, and I believe it's often, God will speak not only once, but will speak again. And why does he need the reminders of his promise? Because it's so easy for us to become discouraged, isn't it? Brothers and sisters, isn't it easy to become discouraged? When all that's happening in this hour. What we see taking place. God in His mercy comes again. We look at the father of the faith that God would speak to him. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 1 says, Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get you out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, onto the land, and I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. Thou shall be a blessing. And I will bless the, them that bless thee. And curse him that curses thee. And in thee, Abraham, Abram, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. What a promise! What a promise! Here's a man standing, and God saying, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed through you, Abram. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed of Haran. Abram took Sarah his wife. And Lot, his brother's son, all their substance they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And God had just simply said, "Abraham, I'm going to make you a blessing, and all the families of the world will be blessed through you. What a promise. And Abraham believes God. And Abraham, this is what faith does, faith obeys God. So Abraham walked and believed God and left. It wasn't always easy, but God will often speak to us to remind us of his promise in critical times. Why? Because God knows we need encouraged. God knows we need encouraged. Don't we need encouraged? We need, encu- we need to encourage one another, but we need the Lord, the encouragement of the Lord. you are remind, we're reminded of Joshua. Those two great books, those conquest books, one in the old, one in the new. The one in the old is Joshua. The one in the new is the book of Acts. Two great conquests. One was physical and the other spiritual. Both were needing the supernatural power of God. And as Joshua is about to go in and possess the land, he needed to be reminded and then he needed to be encouraged. And God said, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Why did he hear that? Because there was plenty of potential for discouragement. Plenty of potential for fear. Plenty of potential that sometimes he could feel even that God had forgotten him. But I'm here to tell you tonight, God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't forgotten you, saint of God. God hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't abandoned his people. He's a faithful God. So it tells us in Genesis chapter 13, here we see a painful separation of Abram and Lot. This is all in the sovereign plan and purpose of God. And yet it was painful, this was his nephew. And here we see a separation in Genesis chapter 13. At that time, you see God often speaks at difficult times, at critical times, at times of great disappointment. God will remind us again of his word. And God came to Abram. Genesis 13, 14 says, And the Lord said to Abram after that lot was separated from him, Lift your eyes up. Look from the place where thou art, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which thou seest to thee, I'm going to give it unto your seed forever. You see right on the back of a painful separation and the potential for discouragement God speaks to his servant. He says in verse 16, I'll make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Then he says to Abram, Now I want you to arise, Abram. I want you to walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So here's a man just after this great discouragement that God reminds him again of the promise that he'd given him in his word. God says, I want you to get up and I want you to go out and see as you go north, as you go east and you go west and you go south, everywhere you go, I promised you, I'm going to give you that land. And so Abram rises again and encouragement comes by the word of the Lord. He rises in obedience to God's word. And then we read of that great chapter, the war of the kings in chapter 14. And after that great warfare, there's a time, saints of God, where we go through a conflict, where we go through a time of great, sometimes it seems like just there's one battle after another. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Praise the Lord. There's a few. But sometimes it just the kitchen sink and everything comes. And it just seems to be a season like that. But at the back end of that season, God then speaks again. Genesis 15 verse 1. After these things, that's the, the great chapter, the war of the kings, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and the exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, What wilt thou give me, saying, I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. And lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thy heir. And then God, to encourage him again, Brings them forth abroad and said, Now I want you to look up to heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now the Lord's encouraging the servant, the man of faith who's obeyed him. It's now the sand and now the stars. If you can number the grains of sand or you can number the stars in heaven, That is going to be the number of your seed. I am going to bless you. This is quite something because obvious, as we are going through this story, what we are not seeing here is that the years are beginning to pass. Time is moving on. And this is quite something because Abraham realizes that he's not getting any younger. And also he realizes that Sarah... Is not getting any younger. And chapter 16, it opens with these words: Genesis 16 and verse 1. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, bear him no children. What did God say? God says, Your seed, I'm gonna bless you, and all the families of the world are gonna be blessed because of you. If you could number the grains of sand, that's going to be your children. And if you could number the stars in the sky, that's going to be your children. And then the reality, the reality of all of this, opens in chapter 16 with these words. Now Sarah Abram's wife, bear him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. Now, I want you to listen for a moment. I'm certainly not an expert in these things, and I know it could be on, as the man says, thin ice. But here we know that it was still possible for Sarah to have a child. She hadn't passed the stage of childbirth. i have done a wee bit of research, and I quickly reversed out of it all. I just talked to Nikki for a few minutes, and she kept me right. She was past, she was still presently able to produce a child. It was still possible. She was still producing eggs in order that there could be a baby. But at this time, God had not blessed them with a child. And so Sarah said, here is my handmaiden, Hagar. If you take Hagar, I pray, go into my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her and Abram, Hearken to the voice of Sarah. And what was born was Ishmael. Now, chapter 17, verse 15. I know many know this story well, but I want to lay this as a foundation. Genesis 17, 15. God speaks again. Do you know what I'm encouraged about in this? That even in our failure, even in our failure, God's faithful. Did you hear that saying, even in our failure, God is faithful. So God comes again. Isn't it wonderful that God comes again, even in our failure? Isn't that wonderful tonight that God is faithful? And now God comes and said to Abram, verse 15 of chapter 17, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarah, but Sarah. Shall her name be? And I'm going to bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be the mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Then it says in verse 17, Then Abram fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him? Listen, I know we know the story well. Shall a child be born unto him who's a hundred years old? And Sarah, that is ninety years old, bear? Is this possible? All the women are going very quiet. If you haven't reached ninety yet, it's still possible. You're getting nervous now. I'm getting nervous too, by the way. (laughs) Ninety years old shall she bear? And Abraham said to God, Now there's a debate from scholars, what was he actually saying? Oh, that Ishmael lived before thee. Now there's two schools of thought. He loved Ishmael. We know he did. And so he was saying, Lord, this is still my son. Would you still have the blessing of the Lord upon him? In our ignorance or in our best efforts, we tried to produce something because we believed sincerely that we were past the stage that we could produce a child. So God, We tried our best, and here's what we have done. But please, Lord, because of our sin, don't lay it against him. But Lord, would you bless him? No, the Lord did. The Lord blessed him. There's another school of thought that Abram was still in the thought process of, Lord, but you can still use Ishmael. Surely, Lord, we know it's impossible. Sarah, the wife here, she's 90 years old. And Lord, I've just got my letter from the queen. He probably didn't say that. But I'm a hundred years old. Lord, if you just use Ishmael, it's going to work out fine. We know you can do it. But the Lord had spoke clearly. And said in verse 20, As for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him. Make him fruitful. Multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he begun, And I will make him a great nation. Now verse 21 is crucial. And this is really important. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac. My covenant I will establish with Isaac. Which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. If you go back to our reading tonight in Hebrews chapter 11. Just to set that story in its context tonight. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 11. That through faith, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. When the Bible says that Sarah received strength to conceive, this was an act of supernatural, miraculous power. This was not something that is possible, a 90-year-old woman and a 100, 100-year-old man to produce a child. It was no longer possible even for her to produce a child. The Bible tells us that she was past that stage. Her womb was now completely dead. But yet here, the Bible says, through faith, Sarah herself received the strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past the age. And the reason why that is, and this is a crucial point as we move forward tonight, is because Sarah judged and considered him faithful who had made the promise. Now I want to tell you brothers and sisters tonight, the Bible says without faith, It's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God, I believe there's people in this room tonight that need a miracle. I believe there's people in this room tonight that need healing. I believe there's people in this room tonight that need delivered from the powers of darkness. I believe there's people in this room tonight, including myself and Nikki, we need a miracle from God this very night. We need an intervention of the Almighty God. Sarah would receive her power and receive the miracle because Sarah judged him faithful who had promised. And tonight, brothers and sisters, without that faith, Nothing happens in this room tonight. We can go through all the motions of all the singing and all the preaching and all the amens at the beginning and the amen at the end. But we need more than just a meeting tonight. We need an encounter with the living and the almighty and the supernatural power of a living God. Sarah believed him. Sir, considered that this God is faithful and this God never fails. And I can put my trust in Jesus tonight. And if you're not saved in this room, you can trust him with your life. I want to tell you, he's a faithful God. There is nobody like Jesus. You can put your heart and your life into the hands of an almighty God tonight. Supernaturally be born again of the Spirit of the living God set free by the power of the Spirit of God. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. It's a miracle of the new birth. And God by a supernatural power comes into a heart tonight. They're born of the Spirit of God with the faith of God in their hearts to believe God for the impossible and the 21st century. Oh but our theology. Doesn't allow us to go that far. Our tradition doesn't allow us. To go outside of that box. Let me show you tonight friends. When the Bible says that Sarah received strength. To conceive. The, The Greek word there is the supernatural. Miraculous power. Of God came in. To that 90 year old woman. This is not just a story. This is an account. This is accurate. This is true. The Almighty God came upon a 90-year-old woman who was past the ability to bear a child. And a child was born. And his name was Isaac. And the nations of the world tonight have been blessed because a woman considered him faithful. And the supernatural power of God came upon her. That Greek word is the word dynamis. This is what it means. Miraculous power. Ability, abundance, the work of a miracle, the power, the strength, the mighty, wonderful work of God. It is translated in the Bible as mighty works, virtue, power, miraculous, wonderful works. It is attributed to the birth and the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 1, just follow some of these verses. In Luke chapter 1, And verse 35, this is the same miraculous power. In Luke 1 and 35, Mary asked the question concerning the birth of Christ. And the angel of the Lord, Luke 1 and 35, said unto her, Mary, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And here's the same word. And the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. A virgin would give birth. It's impossible. It's impossible for a virgin to give birth. But by the supernatural power of God, we come upon a virgin called Mary. And Mary would bring into this world, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, by the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit. The whole ministry of Christ was performed in the supernatural part of the Holy Ghost in Luke chapter four and verse fourteen. Jesus came. It tells us there. Luke four and fourteen. Jesus returned. What does it say in the power of the Spirit and the Galilee? What is that? That's the same supernatural power that came upon Sarah, the same supernatural miraculous power that came upon Mary, and the same power, the anointing of the Holy Ghost, was on the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts two and twenty-two. If you turn over, tells us these things. Acts two twenty-two. This Greek word is found there also. Acts two twenty-two. Ye men of Israel, hear the words. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders, and signs. That was the supernatural power of God, the dunamis, the Holy Ghost, upon the Lord Jesus Christ, which God did by Him in the midst of you, as ye also know yourselves. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, it tells us there again the same power. We'll go through some verses. Acts 10 and 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost, and then it says I'm with power. That's that same supernatural miraculous power. He went about doing good and he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Friends the answer tonight to everything is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The anointing of God. If you are in this building tonight. You hear the words and the voice of this preacher. More importantly, that you hear the word of the Lord tonight. There is an anointing that destroys the yoke of the enemy. There is a power that heals every disease. There is a life tonight that sets the captive free. There is a power tonight that opens the blinded eye. There is a Christ tonight that lifts from the gutter of sin and sets a man or a woman free. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And there has to be a faith in God's house stirred up by the Holy Spirit to believe God for a night of the Spirit of God. Acts chapter one and verse eight. Jesus said these words, Ye shall receive. What does he say? What's the word? Par, you still with me? Par. Ye shall receive power. Now this is the same word again. The same power that came upon Sarah. She judged him faithful. Here's the same power that was upon Mary. The same power that was upon the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. And now Jesus says these words. Ye shall receive power. Now who are the ye? It's us, isn't it? Do you believe that tonight? Isn't it us? Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. In Judea. In Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. That was a promise. That the Lord Jesus Christ gave them. Do you believe that he fulfills his promise? Do you believe that God's good to his word? Well Acts chapter 4 verse 33 We'll read it here. It says, And with great power, that word dynamis, supernatural, miraculous power, and with great power, give the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. When Philip, one of the deacons, went to Samaria in Acts chapter 8, and the miracles that were taking place in Samaria, Simon himself wondered was baptized, and he continued with Philip, wandered, beholding again the supernatural power, the miracles and the signs that were done. In Acts chapter 19, Paul, the great missionary of the New Testament, that says that he wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul the Apostle, supernatural power of a living God upon a man, Moving the power of the Holy Spirit, supernatural signs and wonders followed them that believed. This part didn't end, didn't end, brothers and sisters, on the first century. Now, this is important because we nearly live like it did. Even though we say we're Pentecostal, and even though tonight you're in a Pentecostal church, we are living in a day that the church like Sarah has to receive. The strength and the supernatural power of God again. But Paul writes to the Corinthians and 1 Corinthians 4 and 20, for this kingdom of God is not in word. What is it in? But it's in power. As the power is the supernatural work of God. He said in 1 Corinthians 2 and 4, My speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That's the same miraculous power that came upon Sarah, that came upon Mary, that was on the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, that was promised to the early church, that the apostles functioned and operated in. But he said, it's in the demonstration and in the Spirit and in the power that our faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in what? The power of God, Now, brothers and sisters tonight, I believe we're coming to a critical point in time. We're coming to a critical point in the history of the entire church. That might seem like a profound statement to make, but I believe what I'm about to say is absolutely critical to the days in which we're living in. We are now living in the very last moments of time. The unleashing of the Antichrist and his system and his kingdom with demonic powers is absolutely flooding the nations in which we live. The outpouring of wickedness, the powers of darkness, not only that, we have a counterfeit religion. You have to have a reality if there's a counterfeit. You understand what I'm saying? You have to know that there's a real, if there's a counterfeit. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I think we've all had enough of the counterfeit in this day. Surely it is time for the living reality of the miraculous power of the Lord Jesus Christ to be let loose for the last time, I believe, for the rapture of the church. Just as we are heading to the very end of it all. This is now the critical time for the church like Sarah to receive the supernatural power of a living Christ to produce something that we cannot do of ourselves. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do what's he able to do exceeding abundantly above all That we ask or think. I want you to let that sink in for a moment. Are you still with me? Are you still here? Are you still in the meeting? Still awake? No one falling asleep? Stay with me tonight. Now unto him. Who did she judge faithful? Him. The Bible says here, Now unto him that is able. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is able to do exceeding. Abundantly above all that we ask or we think. That's a powerful statement. I'm going to read it again. Now unto him, remember she judged him faithful, that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. is what it says next. According to the power That's that supernatural power. Where does it work? That worketh in you. Do you know, we talked about it this morning, that the same Spirit, oh God, bring the revelation in lightness. You know, we talked about Martin Luther got a hold of one verse, that the just shall live by faith. The Holy Spirit took that verse illuminated it into the heart of a Roman Catholic priest. That priest's eyes and understanding was enlightened by the power of the Holy Spirit. And with one verse out of this book, the living Word of God, a revival swept the nations of the world and we tonight are still living in the good of it. One verse. And here's a verse. If I could pray this prayer tonight, Lord. Even one person in this room only takes one. Only takes one. Doesn't have to be an educated person. Doesn't have to be a man or a woman or a young person or an old person. But just one person like Sarah that judges and considers that he is faithful. And what he said, I'm going to believe it no matter what everyone else is saying or what everyone else is doing. He said, now unto him that is able To do exceeding above all that we think or ask. And then it says, According to the power that worketh. Where does it work? Right in us. There's a power. We sing that song. And I do love it. There is a river of life flowing out of me. And that river does make the lame to walk. And it does make the blind to see. There is a power And you tonight and I, if you're saved tonight, say amen. I just want you to stay awake. I know it's hot, but listen to me tonight. There is a power that's working in you if you're saved well, I don't feel very strong. Praise the Lord. That's okay. I feel discouraged. That's okay. I feel I'm in the battle. Why is all these things happening if God's supposed to be for me? I want to tell you, brother or sister, there's a life in you tonight, and not a devil in this world, not a demon in this world, not a man in this world, not a woman in this world, is able to defeat the power of Almighty God that's in your life tonight. That's why Paul says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are more than conquerors, not because of us, but because there's a Christ in my heart tonight by faith, and not faith stirred in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, that working of the Holy Ghost in our lives. This Jesus is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or we think. That's something above all that we ask or we think, I don't know whether some are getting it tonight, but I want to say it again, above all, now we ask, or we think, I tell you, we've come through this door tonight, and I tell you, brothers and sisters, we need a miracle, but I'm going to judge someone tonight who's faithful, and his name's Jesus. I am going to look the one tonight who has called, and not only has he called, but he's also able, the Bible says, to perform it. There is a miracle that we need. And friends, it's not going to be found in the activity or the intellect of the end time church. It's not going to be fine, fine tonight. And just having, as I said this morning, all our little doctrinal doctrines and our little ducks sitting in a row. But it's going to come by an outpouring and the power of the Holy Spirit when there's a church that believes this God and receives the strength and the supernatural power of Almighty God. You know, I was reading of that early revival and the 59 revival. They call it the year of grace. But I was just reading about the early beginnings of it, about a woman coming from Scotland doing door-to-door work so discouraged Nobody turned. Nobody seemed to show any interest. And she went round those doors. Up around round, up Balamina But seen nothing. And then she hears just of a one result. Of someone just showing one person. Just one person. Began to show an interest. And a couple of others began to show of interest. And then as that Brother James. As we heard the other night. They began to be challenged. At what are they doing for God? And then they began Just to pray and to seek the Lord. And what began as as a little trickle. Brothers and sisters, within months, there was an almighty flood of the power of the living God that flooded this land. And oh God, our cry, Lord, would you do it again? Do it again, the floods of revival. The Bible says here, He's able to do exceedingly above more than we can think or even what we can ask. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ has been reduced to a decision in a room or a hand up in a congregation. I believe that is the greatest tragedy, but it's also one of the greatest tricks of the devil today because churches are now filled with people with false professions. I'm not saying every one of them, but I'm saying, brothers and sisters, the power of the new birth, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle to be born again. The Bible says, for the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But the only us that are saved, what is it? It's this word again, dynamus It's the power of Almighty God. You see, too often we are looking for alternatives to the miracle, miraculous part of God. But I'm here to say simply tonight there's no alternative to the miracle of the new birth. There's no alternative to the keeping power of God. There's no alternative to the miraculous manifestation of the power of a living God. We're born void of life, void of eternal life. But the Bible says, for when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Here's a woman who was barren. However, the physical ability to conceive as a younger woman was now gone. The Bible tells us she was past age, the reality of the impossibility. But God deals, praise God, with impossibilities. If you're here tonight and in your life, you're simply saying, I know this is impossible. I know it's impossible. I'm here to tell you tonight, there's one who deals with impossibilities. His name is Jesus. The day and the hour that we make the church a place of the possible, what we can do. It's no longer the church. It's just religion. But oh to God, it's a place where the church believes in the supernatural. It tells us in Romans 4 and 18, who against hope, believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When he was about a hundred years old, neither did he even consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't even give it a thought. What did they do? They considered him who was faithful. And the power of Almighty God came upon a 90-year-old woman. Many people believe that happened. Come on, many people actually believe it happened. You know, them scientists won't believe it happened. The atheists won't believe it happened. The world around us won't believe it happened. But surely to God, the people of faith believed it happened. Because there's a faith in our hearts. Now that same faith... That was in the heart and in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Can I tell you something tonight, brothers and sisters, as we're closing. That same faith. Same faith. Is in the heart of every believer in this room. How many people believe that? We're getting a bit more reluctant now, aren't we? But it's true. The same faith. That was in Abraham and Sarah. Not a different faith. The same faith is in the heart of every believer in this room. Let me ask you a question. How many, how many really need that faith to be stirred? How many really need that faith to be stirred? The wind of God that blew upon that fire. For that fire and that faith to be ignited, to believe God for the impossible. Friends, I want to be a believer. For the impossible. A lot of things we can't do. But I want to believe him for that which is impossible. Oh, for a deluge of Holy Ghost power. Faith stirred in our hearts. Paul said, stir up that faith. How do you do that? I tell you, friends, if it needs confession of unbelief, weariness and tiredness and discouragement, turning again to the promises of God and His Word saying, Lord, anoint us afresh tonight. Give us eyes that can see and a fresh faith in our hearts to believe you because God, we are going to believe for the impossible. Your loved ones, let me tell you, it's impossible, isn't it? You see, when we think it's possible with us, it can never happen. But when we say, Lord, we cannot do it, and it is as dead as what we can ever see it, I'm going to tell you tonight, that's when God comes and God moves. It really is. I believe we're on the verge of seeing a mighty move of the Spirit of God, but God's looking for faith. Does He find it here tonight? Does He find it in our hearts? Does He find the reality of a fresh faith stirred up? I pray that He does. Only God knows. But if you need a fresh stirring in that faith tonight, let's believe God together for that which is impossible. It's impossible, but it's possible with God. Let's stand together tonight, amen. Thank you, Jesus.